Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 177. All week I have been speaking to you about the church, the ecclesia, the called out assembly. Those that have named the name of Christ, become followers of Jesus, are his disciples. You see, discipleship is not something that is done after a person becomes a believer. Actually, becoming a believer, being born again, is part of discipleship. We have falsely separated the two. It is a false dichotomy. It's really not two parts. It's all-inclusive. You see, the moment the person becomes a follower of Jesus, whoever that is, they are entering into a life of discipleship. Actually, God had a relationship with them before that time. You see, they never would have come to Jesus had not God drawn them to himself. The Bible says that no man can come unto Jesus unless the Father draw them. And so God was already incrementally working people, whoever that is, Whoever follows Jesus, you or me or anyone else, they are already coming to Jesus when they truly are saved. The moment they're saved, they enter into a life of discipleship. That's why we have a relationship with a person before they come to Christ often. And if we have a true relationship, then we will follow up with them and teach them to be followers all the days of their life. That is why there is one command having to do with evangelism, and that is to disciple people. That's literally why it says it's not even the word make disciples. The word make is not in there. It is disciple, and that's what God wants us to do to everyone who comes to Christ. That's all one thing. So the called out ones, the called out assembly are those who are disciples of Christ. They have expressed their belief their trust, their death to their old way of life, their being buried with Christ, being raised to walk in a new kind of life, and that is the practice of baptism. You see, baptism is the way that a person becomes a part of the spiritual body of Christ, which I spoke of earlier in the week. That's spirit baptism. Well, it has a physical counterpart because we can't see spirit baptism. And so God says you need to be physically baptized. That means you need to be immersed in water. You need to show that you have died to your old way of life, your old belief system, your old master, and that you are spiritually a new person. And so therefore you're acting out that gospel message of the substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That is what baptizo is. You are buried with him in baptism. You are raised to walk in a new kind of life. And so baptism is part of the ongoing message of Jesus. 
Jesus himself was baptized to identify with the message of the Messiah of John the Baptist, to preview his death, his substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection for us. All of that is wrapped up in baptism. And I told you before that baptism, as far as I can trace back, traces back at least 150 years before the time of Jesus. And it was what the Jews practiced when a person came to know the truths of Torah, following the Judaistic biblical way of thinking, then they were circumcised as a goim, as a Gentile. But not only that, but they also began to practice baptism, which again was identifying them with Judaism through a death to an old belief system, a death to following an old master, being buried, that is, going under the water, coming back out again, signifying a resurrection to walk in a new kind of life. That's what Paul picked up on in Romans chapter 6. And so they were raised to follow a new message, to believe a new message, to practice a new message. You see, belief is always followed by practice. If there is no practice, then there is no belief. And that's all the way through the Scripture. The only way we have assurance that we are part of the family of God is practice, is obedience, is persevering. Just because you pray and ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life, whatever that means to you, I can tell you if there is no following on uh, in obedience to Christ through baptism, through an obedient lifestyle, and your life is not changed and you're not practicing obedience to the Lord, you've misunderstood what Christianity is and what discipleship to Jesus is. And so baptism is a critical part of following Jesus. Now, we have made that into something that it's not. In many churches today, well, you can be saved and you be baptized whenever you want to. If that's a year later or it's six months later or whatever, you know, after you've gone through several classes, listen to me. If you can understand the substitutionary atonement of Jesus in order to give your life to him, understanding that he died in your place to pay the penalty for your sins and that you are a new creation in Christ, then baptism's a cinch. And understanding the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus symbolized through the act of baptism, why well, I can tell you about that in five minutes and answer any questions that you have. You're ready to be baptized. You don't have to go through some kind of obedience training. This is part of obedience training, and that is following the Lord in believer's baptism. And the pattern of the New Testament is straightway as quickly as you possibly can. After all, why would you delay? You don't pray. Pray about baptism. Well, I'm going to be saved and I'm going to pray about baptism. That's a joke. That's like praying if you're going to commit adultery, praying if you're going to walk with God, praying if you're going to read the Bible. Well, that's silly. That's nonsense. It's foolish. It's moronish. No, you walk in obedience to what God says. So baptism shows outwardly water baptism the substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and our identification with that, and our surrendering to obey the will of God. The best illustration I can give you of the suddenness of it, of no classes or anything like that, people say, well, all the Jews, they knew about baptism. Well, the Philippian jailer 
wasn't a Jew that we read of at all. As a matter of fact, he was more than likely a heathen. He was a Gentile in every sense of the word. He was there as a servant. He was the lowest of the low. He was uh, keeping guard over the dungeon. Obviously, he was not a God follower. You know the story at midnight, God sent an earthquake. He was going to kill himself. And Paul said, hey, don't kill yourself. We're all here. We're in here singing praises to God. And we're just fine. He came in. He had been listening. And he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Same question was asked in Acts 2.37. Peter gave the same answer that Paul did. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. The Bible says immediately he took them into his home early in the morning, early in the morning, that not only he but his whole family was baptized. Now, I don't think he had time to go through any uh, discipleship classes. I think he was told, this is what this means. This is what you do. And he said, that's what I want to do. And that's the obedient lifestyle. And so the ordinance of the church, the first ordinance of the church, and an ordinance is an order to be followed. It's something that is to be continued on. Jesus said that anywhere you go, everywhere you go, you make disciples and you baptize them. You disciple people and you baptize them. And that involves sharing the gospel. It involves all the things that are associated with evangelism, discipleship. But the first thing thing you do is baptize them. That's right. It's a participle. That means it is to be done just in the same way as as you go on the way where you're going, anywhere you go, any place you go. And so you follow with rapid obedience and are baptized. It's not a family affair. It's an individual. If the family can be there, wonderful. But you don't need to wait months and weeks in order for Aunt Lucy to come in from California. What you need to do is follow the Lord in obedience because Aunt Lucy is not going to be there with you every time you need to do something. You just need to follow on. That's the command of Scripture straightway. That's the pattern of Scripture straightway. So what is the other ordinance of the church? Well, it's not foot washing. Why? Because it has nothing to do with the gospel message. The other ordinance is communion, the Lord's table. And that's talked about by the Apostle Paul. Certainly it is in the Gospels. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. This is a Passover meal that is being described. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. That was the ordinary way to do it. If you want to know about communion and the Lord's table and Passover, I'll be doing a series of podcasts this spring on Passover, and I'll go over everything about a Jewish Passover, the significance of it. I'll probably do five 15-minute podcasts the week of Passover to help you to understand what took place, how that relates to what we call communion and the Lord's table. But just briefly, after the Lord had given thanks, he broke bread and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then it says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. What a historical note. There were four cups in the Passover, briefly. The first two were taken before 
before supper, the last two after the meal. The first cup was the cup of sanctification. The second cup was the cup of judgment. Then you had a meal. The third cup was the cup of redemption. And the cup of redemption spoke of the lamb and the blood that was shed, the purity of the lamb, the spotless nature of the lamb, the lamb without blemish and its blood, its body, its blood. They were eating the body. All of that had to do with the Passover. So Jesus, after supper, took the cup, the cup of redemption, and said, this cup is the new covenant. The Berit Hadashah, the new covenant in my blood, it's called cutting a covenant in Hebrew, not making a covenant, because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, forgiveness of sins. He said, this do as oft as you drink and in remembrance of me. Now, this ought to tell us something about the communion itself. Passover was a symbolic meal. It was a symbolic meal. So is the Lord's table. Communion. It is a symbolic meal. It is not the very blood. It is not the very body of Jesus. It's symbolically the blood of Jesus. It's symbolically the body of Jesus. It is not the actual blood. That's called transubstantiation. That's hocus pocus, abracadabra. That is Roman Catholic doctrine. It's not Bible. And I'm sorry if that offends you, it's just not. It is not, as uh, the Reformed view many times would say, it's consubstantiation, like Luther said. Con means with. Trans, of course, means to change substance. Transubstantiation, consubstantiation. Consubstantiation means that it's not the very blood and it's not the very body, but it's all mingled together and it's with it. The word con means with. So it's there with it. And when you go to seminary, you go to Bible school and you study ecclesiology, this is the kind of thing that you spend all your time doing. I was never taught that it was a Passover meal. And I went to a very conservative Bible college and uh, seminary, and I never heard any of this. And what a shame. We studied all the views of the Reformation. We need to quit going back four or five hundred years. There's value in that. But what we need to do is go back 2,000 years to the Word of God, to the New Testament, to the Koine Greek, and look what it says. It was a symbolic meal. Why? Because the Passover was a symbolic meal, and it arose out of the Passover. This is what's not being taught. It's being missed. And and the reason is our theology many times is only about four to five hundred years old. And I'm telling you, the reason there was the Reformation is people started reading the New Testament instead of just the dogma of the Orthodox Church. Why don't we get back to the book and start reading it? There are two ordinances, and the two together preach the gospel of Jesus every time that we observe them. And that is why over and over again, the Apostle Paul talks about this. He said in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, he didn't say as often as you eat the body of Jesus, the flesh of Jesus, and drink the blood of Jesus. He said as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, it was literal wine. It was literal bread. You say, well, I don't believe it's wine. Well, you're wrong. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, you preach, you are the herald of the Lord's death till he comes. What does What is communion all about? It's It's remembering that Jesus died as a substitute for us. He gave his body, he gave his blood as a substitute for us. It was an offering for sin. 
the Lord's table shows his death until he comes. Well, what about baptism? Baptism shows his burial and his resurrection. The two together preach the gospel. That's right. The gospel is this, that Jesus died for our sins, according to the gospel. According to the scriptures, Jesus Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And so you have this act of the Lord's table that we do, and we remember his substitutionary death. With baptism, every time that we have communion and every time we have baptism, we show his death through communion, his substitutionary death, and we show his burial and resurrection through baptism. That is the gospel according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through, you can go all the way through 6 and talk about the appearances. But what I'm telling you is, that's what the gospel is. The clearest explanation of the gospel is in 1 Corinthians 15, that grace resurrection chapter where Paul clearly lays out a definition of the gospel. Now, that's why foot washing, as great as it is, and as much as we need to do it to show our humility and love and service for each other, it has nothing to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. No, servanthood comes after our relationship with Jesus has begun, after baptism, after communion. Then we begin to serve one another in humility. So that's why foot washing is not observed by most uh, evangelical denominations, Bible-believing denominations, not as an ordinance of the church in the same tier as the preaching of the gospel through baptism and communion. Well, all week we've been learning about the church, and there is a lot more to learn. All I've done is given you a drop in the ocean of ecclesiology. It is an entire chapter of theology. It is an entire book in itself because the church of Jesus Christ is important to God, and it ought to be important to us, not just the spiritual church, that great body of believers everywhere all over the world. Remember, that's not where the emphasis is. That's not where it's happening. It's happening in the local body. If you're not a part of a local body, then you're missing out. And you do not need to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some people are, because God didn't save you to be a lone ranger. He saved you to be a part of the local physical body of Christ. And you can make a difference. God has gifted you and you need to use that gift for the building up of the local assembly and therefore the building up of the great spiritual body of Christ. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.